0: Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Today is the 172nd episode of Be With Me, the 172nd day of the virus and September 1st, 2020 recordings. We are in a sequential, uh, event-driven walk through Jesus's life. And uh, we have gone from Matthew chapter 16. Now we're in Mark chapter 8. And We are starting in verse 22 because the earlier parts of the chapter of Mark, chapter 8, we've already looked at those passages uh, in their parallel passages. So this is a passage that is only written in the Gospel of Mark. So let's pay particular attention to it. And it has a very interesting middle part to it. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. So this is from Mark chapter 8, verse 22. Jesus heals a blind man at Bethesda, Bethsaida, Bethsaida, excuse me. Verse 22, and they came to Bethsaida. That's on the northeast part of the Sea of Galilee where the Jordan River comes in. And some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. So the first thing I want to get to is uh, the inadequacy, the insufficiency, and the failure of Jesus to heal this person. And this is not uh, Jesus' first rodeo, and uh, he makes galaxies just by his word, and he raises the dead, and he's already raised the the little girl from death, in a little while he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead, And take his three-day dead, decayed, eaten eyes and restore them to sight. So I think it would be immediately an error to say, "Oh, Jesus wasn't powerful enough and had trouble doing this." Uh, And why did he have this double clutch on the on the healing? Was it because he was unable? And I think uh, with the balance of Scripture, we have to immediately just eliminate that as a a possibility, and I think that would be an error uh, right off the bat. So the question is, why then does Jesus double clutch here? Uh, Why does he not have a beginning and an end to this healing story? And why is there this middle part? So why does he uh, add this element of time and the middle part, as I see it, is after he has taken him away, taken him by the hand, leads him out of the village, and then he has these intimate activities that he does with him. Uh, and he spits on his eyes. And isn't that precious and intimate? That's a symbolic prop that he uses. Obviously, you could just heal him just by saying so, and, he's, and he does that elsewhere in the scripture. He also lays hands on him which is also something he didn't necessarily need to do. But after this happens, I think the reason that he double clutches here is to get to this middle part. And that is, do you see anything? And he asks the man, is, let's assess your spiritual sight. Now, this, this passage is all about spiritual sight and physical sight. And we find out that uh, even though Jesus leads him out of the hand by the village, from the village, he's not alone because when he sees something in the in this middle part, he says, "I see men, but they look like trees." So the question is, he's led them away from the village. Who who are these men? Well, it's the twelve disciples that are with him. So this is a, a miracle, I think, not only for for the man. Obviously, this is the highlight of his life, but this is a lesson for the uh, uh, disciples and maybe even a picture of the disciples as they are in this middle part of their uh, faith journey where they see, uh, they see Jesus, uh, they're not blind, they see Jesus, uh, but they see indistinctly, and uh, that process continues as as uh, time goes on. So, there is this groaning part of where we see and we understand, but it is incomplete. It's a little bit unclear. It's a little bit uh, limited. So, I think this is a call to assess our spiritual sight. I think the the key point is the question that Jesus knows the answer to, which is, do you see anything? He asks the man, of course, Jesus never asks a question he doesn't know the answer to, so do you see anything? And he's asking the man to make a spiritual assessment of where he is right now. So we find that the man loves spiritual sight, so some people don't even like spiritual sight, so that's uh, a, a good thing. He also maybe asks him, to uh, assess his situation, I think we can do that. Do we have people that help us with our blind spots? And if do, maybe we could bring someone to the Lord with regards to a particular area of blindness, something they don't see. Um, then the humility to have the spittle of Jesus rubbed on your eyes and to have him hold you by the hand and take you out of town and ask you questions and make you do these things, uh, I think that is a very intimate uh, thing from Jesus, but from the man's standpoint, the humility humility and the brokenness that is uh, required. So I think for us, he's asking us to be lovers of sight and uh, try not to be blind. And if we're somewhere along the path in, in partial hearing and process, even to love, love sight, but also love the process of sight. I think this was an encouraging thing for the uh, disciples saying, hey, maybe we don't have this uh, understanding of Jesus so all wrapped up. He has compassion on us and is taking us from no sight to full sight. Um, so I find this passage to be uh, challenging. And I think the critical part and the reason he double clutches is so that he can ask the question, do you see anything? So let's assess our spiritual sight today. Let's assess our love for spiritual sight. Let's assess our willingness to uh be have the spittle of Jesus applied to it. Let's assess our process for coming to sight and maybe even assess our uh, fellowship and who we come to sight with. Do you see anything? What a great question. I bless you, my brothers and sisters, with sight.